French Bread Podcast. I'm Crystal, and I'm here with Alma. Hi! And if you've been listening to us, you know that we love to have real and honest and sometimes really raw conversations about life. Nothing is off limits. Absolutely. Last week, we talked about self-care. Yes, we did. And how difficult it can be. Oh my gosh, yes. So, I'm going to check in with you really quick. How did this week go? I took a shower. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Um, What else did I do? Oh, I did read a book. I mean, part of a book. Not a whole book, but I read some of the book. Good. It's been kind of a crazy week. Mm. So, I don't even remember what all I did that made it so crazy. Yeah. I just know it was crazy. I understand. That's kind of how my last week was. My husband has been sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was sick, too. That's, you were. Yeah, that was part of it. I mean, that yeah. took up, like, four days, so. Yeah. The time of year. So I self-cared when I was sick. I just sat on the couch, mostly, and, yeah. That's good. Yeah. You gotta rest when you're sick to aid the recovery. Yes. Yeah. So we're gonna keep getting better at self-care. What about you? My husband's been sick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're saying you were checking in with me on how I did the self-care, and uh, you missed things over there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I didn't do great this week, I'll be honest. But this week also wasn't too horribly overwhelming for me. Mm. We honestly haven't done much because Tanner's been sick. Right. And then it snowed. It snowed. Oh, I love the snow. It snowed so much. Yeah. Yeah, where you're at, you got like six and a half inches. Yeah, six and a half inches here. Yeah, and we got like between that and nine inches. That's just crazy. I know. Our roads are clear again. So, that's good. Roads are clear and some of the sidewalks. Some of the sidewalks, yes. So, <laughs> that's, so I have two mini dachshunds, mm-hmm. and they do not, okay, actually, my older mini dachshund does not like the snow. She right. hates it. She's been refusing to go to the bathroom. Like, as long as she possibly can, she waits, and then finally, she, like, tries to really rush it, and just quickly pees. And still tries to put off the number two. That girl is a diva. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) But then her son is a totally different story. And he's just like having a grand old time making as much yellow snow as possible. (laughs) Everywhere we go, there's like, he's like marking his territory. And there's like yellow spot here and a yellow spot here. And Tanner's just like, how many times? Does he feel the need to mark his territory <laughs> on snow? <laughs> well, one, he doesn't realize it's going to melt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he does fine. And he actually, like, enjoys playing in it. He tried eating it. He digs in it. Like, it's sand or something. Mm-hmm. He really enjoys it. So I have two opposite. So that's been kind of fun to watch. That's with hilarious. The snow. Yeah. But, yeah, anyways, other than that... Um, I mean, I think I made time for myself. Actually, I journaled one day, which I love journaling, and I just always forget to, Mm -hmm. and then my day gets started, and I'm like, I don't know. 
I love yeah. journaling too. Did yeah. I ever tell you? Like, I have actually, like, a whole tote in storage of journals. Wow. Because from the time that I was, like, okay, I have a journal that has my very first journal entries in it, and I was, like, eight. Wow. And then that was really sporadic. And then when I was about 12 to 14, somewhere in there, I started journaling every day. And I think I journaled every day pretty consistently. Like, maybe I missed a day or two. But pretty consistently journaled until, I don't know, I was like probably like 21, something like that. Wow. Basically when I started having kids. That's incredible. So since then it's been very sporadic. I don't know when the last time was that I journaled. That makes sense. It may have been a year or more. I don't know. But I do love journaling. Mm -hmm. And it's such a helpful way to process. It is. Like so much. Yeah. Sometimes you just, like, can, like, or for me anyway, I feel like I can just, like, write a feeling. I can just write something, like, today I was just feeling kind of sad. And then I'll be like, oh, wait, why was I feeling sad? Yeah. And then it just, like, will kind of come out. And, like, oftentimes I don't even think about, like, what I'm writing and it just, like, comes out of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, like, such a helpful outlet to process because like one like we don't have to really think about it because it's like slower than talking mm-hmm. and so it gives you more time to process it mm-hmm. but also like I don't for me I don't, I don't feel like I'm holding back when I journal because mm-hmm. I'm like no one else is going to read this so like no fear of judgment for yeah. me. Yeah. I don't know about you like how do you, oh, how do absolutely. you feel that you? Everything you just said. Yep. It's very freeing yeah. And I always feel like there's a little load off my shoulders yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of lifts some of that mental load. Yeah. It's like a, almost a little form of meditation too. Yes, for yeah. sure. Like, I mean, I've even done like, there's a, there's so many different kinds of journaling. Like you can journal about your day. You could journal about your feelings. You can like write out a prayer, prayer journal. You can journal intentions. Ooh, and affirmation. Affirmations. You can also, another thing to do is, like, find, like, journaling prompts mm-hmm. and, like, ask yourself a question and then answer it in your journal. Mm-hmm. And that can be another good way. Honestly, that's, like, a really good way for, like, I think if somebody asked me, like, hey, Crystal, how do I start out journaling? I think I'd be, like, do that. Yeah. Like, find some prompt and then, like, answer that. Or also, another way could be, like, if they're starting out and they don't want to do, like, prompts, because sometimes they can get deep. Like, if they don't want to do that, like, just journal about what happened in your day. Mm-hmm. And then, like, from there, it could go deeper. Yep. I mean, because that's kind of how it went for me. Like, when I was a kid, it was, like, we ate rice for supper and I mm-hmm. ate rice. Or, <laughs> you know, my sister took my favorite toy. Or... Like, Dad cut the grass today. You know, like... Yeah. Like, that was a whole entry. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Dad cut the grass today. Entry done. (laughs) But, like, it started as that and went to deeper things. Yeah, eventually you're talking about your crush. Yeah. On so-and-so, you know? I mean, I haven't read them in, like, ages, but I'm pretty sure there's, like, pages and pages of all that, you know, teenage angst. Oh, yeah. But I think... 
journaling is so helpful for teenagers. Like, Oh my goodness. I'm hoping that I can get my kids, especially as teenagers, to journal. Mm-hmm. I think that's so helpful to get in touch with yourself and process. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old I was when I decided it would be a good idea to, like, journal and write letters to my future husband. Oh. Did your future husband ever read them? Yes. And I regretted every bit of it because (laughs) flashback to 15-year-old me. Super cheesy. I can't wait to meet you one day. I don't know what you'll look like. (laughs) I actually, I think, I don't know when I started it, but I did at one point start like a a different journal book for like letters to my future husband. Mm -hmm. I think I wrote a lot of like, I'm doing this right now, and this is, like, what I'm going through right now, and I wonder what you're doing right now. Yeah. Yes! Like, I did that so much. And then it's like, hmm, I don't know what I did on that Tuesday in this year. Yeah. No, like, who remembers (laughs) that? And I even, like, some reading some of them, it was like, I don't remember any of (laughs) I know! I know! It's so funny. It's... What's really fun is looking back at them yourself and, like, seeing, like, oh, yeah, I remember that part of my life. But then, like, having someone else read that at yours is like, uh, please look away. I think (laughs) it's more, I think it's definitely more fun for us than for them. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know. It seemed like a fun idea at the time. I don't recommend it. (laughs) Maybe more of, like, I think if I could go back, I wouldn't plan it as like letters to my husband I would plan it more of like if I'm thinking about my husband like journaling about it to myself I don't know yeah but I mean I, was I a agree teenager. you can you could even do something okay if I went back I think I would also do that I would just journal it to myself but I would like make a special like maybe use a different color pen or something yeah and then like later I could go through and then decide do I actually share yeah. this with him or not yeah like, does he really want to hear for the 700th time that I can't wait to meet him? Mm-hmm. No. Exactly. Especially because, you know, we've met and gotten married, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Teenagers are weird. I know. <laughs> or I was weird when I, I was, was a teenager. <laughs> I was weird, too. Yeah. Girl. But, yeah, anyway, so journaling is great, and that's a great form of self-care. Like we were talking last week. I know. It really is, though. It really is. I honestly can't believe we didn't. Did we mention journaling at all? I don't think we did. I cannot believe that. It's like a huge oversight on our part. But you know, that's the point of the whole like premise of this. We're having conversations, and this week we remembered journaling. I'm really glad. Yeah. That our conversation led to this. Yes. Last week. And talking about self-care, mm-hmm. it reminded you of mental load. Yes. And then we talked about it a little more. And mental load, I don't know if it's like a commonly recognized term. I can't really remember when I first heard the term mental load. Where I first heard mental load introduced was through an insta-therapist, if you will. Oh, yeah. Named Vanessa. Mm-hmm. 
and she has her own podcast. Well, her, she and her husband have a podcast, and they did an episode about mental load. I, f- I feel like I had heard about it before then. I think it was kind of a thing that I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's a thing, mm-hmm. but we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. And so, like, maybe they dove into the topic more. Maybe, To, like, explain yeah. it to everybody. Because I was just like, oh, like, a mental load, like, that's just everything you have on your mind. And, like, you know, that's just your issue, I guess, basically, is how I thought. Yeah. And so, obviously, they did an episode about it, and we mm-hmm. don't want to, like, steal it from them. But we wanted to kind of talk about our own perspective of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and how it's affected our life. So, just to give a quick overview, if you don't know anything about the term mental load, it's the invisible mental load that comes with taking care of a home. Mm-hmm. Or even just, honestly, like, I feel like life just comes with a mental load. Yeah. Because it's all those things. It's all the to-do lists. It's the to-do list for your car, your house, your yard. Your, if you have kids, mm-hmm. um, you have to do laundry, clean your house. You have to do dishes and make meals and go grocery shopping. And, oh, you need to call that friend that texted you and said, hey, call me. And you need to make plans with, you know, Betty Sue to go out for supper. And whatever else it is mm-hmm. that you need to do, it is every task, all the tasks that you need to do that live in your head, that's your mental load. Yeah. Yeah. And it's invisible. Yep. Like, yeah. I can't look at you and be like, oh, this is the mental load that Alma's carrying. Yeah. Like, I could be walking around being like, I need to buy more toilet paper because mm-hmm. we have one roll left at home. And that's a mental load. It's like, it's it's the invisible things that are on your mind that you, like, for some reason don't write down mm-hmm. um, as a parent for you every time you go to, like, an appointment. You keep track of birthdays, their allergies, different things like that, you know. Yeah. And that's mental. Yeah, like, our youngest has a lot of medical, you know, appointments. And it's always, like, every appointment we go to, they're like, okay, so what's happened, you know, more recently? Or, like, are there any developments I need to know about? Or, you know, any of these other things. And so that's something that I mentally have to keep track of. Mm -hmm. And that's part of my mental load. Yeah. And then, you know, because I homeschool my two oldest, like, had they done their school, you know, making sure there's, you know, and if there's any gaps that I notice, like, oh, we need to get those filled in. Mm-hmm. Those are all part of the mental load. Yeah. So it's pretty huge. Yes. And it can be kind of heavy. And one of them, yes, overwhelming. You end up feeling like you have so much to do. Mm-hmm. One thing that in the podcast that Vanessa did, they talked about that oftentimes we feel like mental load is not fairly split. Like, if you're married, Mm -hmm. it's not fairly split between spouses. Mm -hmm. And that is because of, like, several different dynamics set by, like, culture or society or just how we grew up. Oftentimes, if there's one stay-at-home parent, that parent ends up taking on a lot of the duties for the household, Mm -hmm. just simply because that's how it ends up falling. So one thing they talked about is that 
the parent who feels like they have the most mental load can lead can, that can lead to resentment of the of the partner that they yeah. feel doesn't have a lot of mental load. And I also feel I feel like in the culture that we come from, yeah, there's a lot of mental load that gets placed on the women. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the food and the house and the kids. Like, and those are big things. Yeah. Like, those are really, like, especially kids. Kids, that encompasses so much, just the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just puts a lot on. And then when we grow up in that culture, like, even if our spouse doesn't put that mental load on us, like, we put it on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. In our own lives, like in my life, mm-hmm. my husband and I don't have kids yet. And we both work from home. And so it's like a very interesting dynamic. For a long time, I did feel like I had the majority of the mental load. Mm-hmm. And once I listened to that episode, I was like, do I resent him for it? And maybe it wasn't like, I didn't feel like it was like resentment as much of just feeling like, overwhelmed and not knowing how to tell him how he can help Mm -hmm. and then also feeling like well the fact is he isn't helping because it's both of our house Mm -hmm. like it's our house and so if he cleans the toilet he's not like helping me clean the toilet Mm -hmm. he's cleaning our toilet like you know his toilet yeah so (laughs) his and hers toilet yeah (laughs) so it's kind of interesting like There's several different ways you can look at it. And I think that one reason that this reminded you of mental load, that um, talking about self-care last week Mm -hmm. reminded you of mental load, is because I think, honestly, a good form of self-care is learning how to communicate our mental load. Yeah. And learning how to share, like, with our partner, like, I have this mental load. Should we be splitting it? Like, just openly talking about that and so to go back to what Vanessa shared Mm -hmm. um, she talked about that you do have to have like very open communication Mm -hmm. um, and you have to share so what she suggested was like writing down just getting it out of your head putting it on paper everything that you feel you is on your mental load yeah like weighs your brain down I was going to say that. I was like, that sometimes just getting things out of your brain. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't write it down, then you're like, oh, I have to remember that. Yeah. I have to remember that. I have to remember that. And once you write it down, it's like, okay, this is now in a safe space. And, like, my brain doesn't have to carry it. Yeah. And, like, that's something that um, when I started going to counseling, my therapist told me. She was like, you know, you carry a lot of things with you that you're trying to remember for everything, everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, um, for your business and your home and your children and all these things. Like you're always, you know, after all these things and you need to write some of these things down to like free up some brain space. Yeah. And because when we have more free brain space, we can process better. And that means processing thoughts and emotions. Mm-hmm. And so it just, like, can kind of free you up. Yeah. 
it leads to just overall being a healthier human. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm honestly, like, I'm still figuring out my mental load stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, trying to figure out how to make it better. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just really overwhelming. Like, I have got four little kids who, I mean, obviously none of them carry their own mental load. <laughs> so, you know, I'm carrying that for them. Yeah, that stage of life. Yeah, exactly. And so keeping all of the things straight for all of the people mm-hmm. is, you know, it can be overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something else we should touch on is how a mental load can affect us. Okay, like yeah. Like, if it's, if it's too much. Mm-hmm. I know for me that, like, when my mental load starts to get really heavy... That means that I get, like, really stressed out, and sometimes even, like, I can get, like, anxiety or have panic attacks because there's so much that I'm, I feel like I'm, you know, letting people down Mm -hmm. and not doing my job. Mm -hmm. And then I start beating myself up for that, you know? Yeah. And it's just a whole thing. But, like... Trying to identify those things and recognize them before, you know, I go too far down that path has been really helpful. But having a big mental load can lead to so much stress. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you're juggling so much of this mental load that you don't even have the capacity to process any of the emotions you're going through. Yeah. And would you say that's true for you? Yeah. I think that is, like, an incentive for me, anyway, to be like, I need to deal with my mental load and, you know, take care of this, because how am I going to process through my feelings or any of those things if I'm, you know, putting all my energy into this mental load? Yeah. Like I said earlier, like, it seems like the easiest way to address it is to, like, Think about what's in your brain. Write it down. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, everybody's life is different. Mm -hmm. So, like, everybody's mental loads look different. Mm -hmm. And if you're single, probably writing out your mental load and then just looking at it and being like, okay, is this a mental load that I want to keep? Is this responsibility that I'm carrying the mental load for something that I want to keep doing? Mm -hmm. Or do I need to let that go? And then what do I really, what do I need to prioritize and put my focus on? So just reevaluate that if your yeah. mental load is feeling really heavy. And also sometimes, like, something to be aware of is that we, sometimes we carry mental loads that, like, aren't even ours to carry. Yeah. Oh, for example, the church is really in need of volunteers. I have to find them more volunteers. And you're not even the person who's in charge of finding volunteers, but, like, you heard that this was a need, and somehow you're like, oh, this is my responsibility now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you can't help with those things, but I'm talking about, like, taking it on to the point where you're, like, stressed and anxious about it. Yeah. That's not what anyone is asking for. Yeah. And sometimes, if you have a certain mental load, you can look at it and be like, Okay, there's a more sufficient way to handle this responsibility so that it doesn't cause a mental load. Yes. If I 
physically write this down every week and I can look at that instead of trying to remember it in my brain. Sometimes it's as simple as that. You know, obviously, if you're single, that might be one way to address it. In, like, relationships where you have a partner Mm -hmm. and everybody's situation looks different. Crystal and I have just both stated how our situations look different. Mm -hmm. I don't have children, but Tanner and I both stay home throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Crystal has children. Her husband goes out for work, and she stays home and homeschools the kids. Mm -hmm. So her mental load and my mental load look different. And so the key is finding a way to address your mental load Mm -hmm. that works for you. And I remember finally, like, addressing my mental load with Tanner. Mm -hmm. Because another thing that I forgot to mention is that Tanner used to work outside the home. And when he started staying home, a lot of things changed. And I remember feeling like, oh, this is so weird because he's home more. And so, therefore, he makes more messes. And, you know. You're just cleaning up more often. Yeah, I'm cleaning up more often. Like, I think... A lot of people know what I'm talking about, but yeah, when that happened, I was like, okay, we have to reevaluate. And so when we like, what we did is we got together and I wrote down what I feel was on my mental load mm-hmm. and he wrote down what he felt was on his mental load. And yeah. I'll be honest, and Vanessa talked about this, that we can have preconceived notions of like, well, my partner has no mental load. Like, I do everything. And I'll be honest, like, I could think of like three things that I was like, oh, he's probably going to lose like these three things for his mental load. And then he had a whole list. And I was like, oh, like, I never even realized he worried about those things. Yeah. And that was really eye-opening and honestly really healthy for us to talk about. So then... When we looked at the whole list of mental load, we were like, okay, what do we want to keep the same and what do we want to switch up? Like, I honestly don't mind laundry, but I despise cleaning toilets. And Tanner does not mind cleaning toilets, but he despises laundry. And so I was like, well, I will gladly keep laundry on my mental load if you take the toilets. That, that sounds a lot like me, actually. Like, yeah. I have always loved doing laundry, and I have always hated cleaning bathrooms. And so my husband cleans our bathroom, and I have always done all the laundry. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is that because everyone's life looks differently, and maybe, you know, one partner does work out a side of the home in some families, and in some families, maybe both partners are at home. Mm-hmm. It can look so different. And so it's what works for your family. Yeah. It's who, you know, maybe someone does take on more of a mental load than the other, but it works for them. And they don't feel overwhelmed by that mental Mm -hmm. load. So, yeah, I think that's kind of in a nutshell, discussing how to talk about mental load. But one of the main keys is that you have to talk about it. Yeah. You have to share with your partner if you're in a relationship, if you're, you know, married or share a home with anyone. Honestly, this works yeah. for roommates, families, families. Yeah. If it, you have kids old enough, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, 
this is your responsibility. You take out the trash on Tuesdays, you know, or like you have certain responsibilities because you live in this home and mm-hmm. you get to sleep here and eat it's here. Like, yeah, it's like if you are a human sharing a home space with another human, mm-hmm. having a conversation about melt- mental load is going to be helpful. Yeah, because the fact of the matter is, it's just part of life. Taking care of a home is part of life. Taking care of basic responsibilities is just part of life. That's mm-hmm. part of what happens when you live in a home. You have to take care of it. It's part of what happens when you have a car. You have to take care of it. So you can't just put all of that responsibility on one person. Yeah. So if you haven't heard of mental load before, definitely look into it. Yeah, for sure. It's really fun. I think, like, okay, fun. I mean, you could journal about your mental load. That might be fun. (laughs) Yeah, like, okay, I'm trying to find the right words. Like, it might not always be fun to, like, do the initial work, Mm -hmm. but your life benefits from it so much. And then that's, like, with so many aspects of things we talk about, like, working through trauma Learning to take care of yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Asking hard questions and then digging deep for the answers, so. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, in talking about self-care, we thought it would be good to at least touch on mental load. Mm-hmm. And this episode is kind of keeping it brief. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you have any other questions about it, send us a message. You can send us a message over on Instagram or Facebook. We'd honestly also love to hear your perspective and how mental load has affected your life. And if this is the first time you're hearing about it, what are you going to do to address it? And how did it affect your life? Yeah. Honestly, that's what I would really like is to hear how mental load, you know, impacts other people. Yeah. And how they deal with it. Please, I need all the tips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the tips are good. That sounds great. Yeah. Kind of off topic. But did you hear about the woman who gave birth at sea? No. Yeah, she gave birth to a bouncing baby buoy. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's it's an interesting one. I was testing it out. (laughs) I'm not sure how I feel about it. Do you think it's worth telling someone else? I mean, my kids will lie. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, you know, more of a pun or a play on words. Yeah. I mean, now I have some sea shanties going through my head, so. Oh, yeah, true. Well, now we've had our joke of the episode. That's true. We've talked about mental load. We've talked about journals. Yeah. I think we're going to just keep it short and sweet this week. Yes, sounds good. Like I mentioned earlier, you can find us over on Instagram and Facebook. Our username is The Friendship Bread. And we would love it if you liked this episode, if you would share it with your friends. That helps us a lot. And you can leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you'll be back next week for another episode of the Friendship Bread Podcast. Bye.